Hello world, I'm Roger Corville and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Yesterday we hit hard the theme of do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession. This was based on their letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, and today we get to Revelation chapter 3. But I think there's an interesting twist we can add based on our reading today in Jeremiah. Why? Because today we hear about Jeremiah's correspondence with exiles in Babylon. Hello, Hopeful. Episode 1990 of our journey together through the Bible. Glad you've chosen to uh, to do it together as we seek to be transformed together by reading through every word of God's revelation of himself. And let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to be pissed off at someone and pray for them at the same time? <laughs> I don't know about you, but it doesn't work very well for me. So if you don't want God getting in your business saying, yo, exiles, pray for your government, you might want to skip our Old Testament reading today. (laughs) Turning to our New Testament segment, uh, Revelation chapter 3 is more of this all red words category. Jesus is talking. John is writing Revelation chapter 3. Write to the angel of the church in Sardis. Thus says the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Be alert and strengthen what remains, which is about to die, for I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it. And repent. If you are not alert, it will come like a thief, and you have no idea at what hour I will come upon you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes, and they will walk with me in white, because they are worthy. In the same way, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes, and I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and before his angels. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and who closes and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one can close, because you have but little power. Yet you... Have kept my word and not denied my name. Note this I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews but are not, but are lying, I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to endure. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The 
the one who conquers, I will make a pillar in, my, in the temple of my God, and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea. Thus says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't realize that you are poor, wretched, pitiful, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed in your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be zealous. And repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens my door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that is Revelation chapter 3. Pretty clear, I think. We should, we are called. Jesus says, follow me, (laughs) which uh, I'm putting today in these words. Do whatever it takes to hold on to the true confession. And I'm going to follow it up. Yo, exiles, pray for your government. You see, in 597 BC was when the Babylonians began to deport the Jews to Babylon. And Jeremiah's letter to the exiles that we're going to about to hear helps us understand how we can make the best of a difficult situation. Now, the first command in the Bible to pray for the well-being of a foreign government is, yep, you guessed it, in Jeremiah 29. And I'm going to add this. Why? Why pray for your government? What is God's heart in having you do so? Jeremiah, today's going to be 29 and 24. Here we go. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining exiled elders, the priests, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah, the queen mother, the court officials, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metalsmiths had all left Jerusalem. He sent the letter with Elisah, son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom King Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And the letter stated, This is what the Lord of Armies The God of Israel says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. 
Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it thrives, you will thrive. For this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you and don't listen to the dreams you elicit from them for they are prophesying falsely to you in my name. I haven't sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place from which I deported you. You have said, The Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says concerning the king sitting on David's throne and concerning all the people living in this city, that is, concerning your brothers who did not go with you into exile. This is what the Lord of armies says, I am about to send sword, famine, and plague against them, and I will make them like rotten figs that are inedible because they are so bad. I will pursue them with sword, famine, and plague. I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and a desolation, an object of scorn and disgrace among all the nations where I have banished them. I will do this because they have not listened to my words. This is the Lord's declaration. The words that I sent to them with my servants, the prophets, time and time again. And you too have not listened this is the Lord's declaration. Hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles I've sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says about Ahab, son of Kaliah, and concerning Zedekiah, son of Messiah, the ones prophesying a lie to you in my name. I am about to hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and he will kill them before your very eyes. Based on what happens to them, all the exiles of Judah who are in Babylon will create a curse that says, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire. Because they have committed an outrage in Israel by committing adultery with their neighbor's wives and have spoken in my name a lie, which I did not command them. I am he who knows, and I am a witness. This is the Lord's declaration. To Shemaiah the Nehelamite, you are to say, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, you in your own name have sent out letters to all the people of Jerusalem, to the priest Zephaniah son of Messiah, and to all the priests saying, 
The Lord has appointed you priest in the place of the priest Jehoiada to be the chief officer in the temple of the Lord, responsible for every madman who acts like a prophet. You must confine him in the stocks in an iron collar. So now why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who has been acting like a prophet among you? For he has sent word to us in Babylon, claiming, The exile will be long, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat their produce. The priest Zephaniah read this letter in the hearing of the prophet Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Send a message to all the exiles, saying, This is what the Lord says concerning Shemaiah the Nahalamite. Because Shemaiah prophesied to you, though I didn't send him, and made you trust a lie? This is what the Lord says. I am about to punish Shemaiah the Nahalamite and his descendants. There will not even be one of his descendants living among these people, nor will any ever see the good I am a, will bring to my people. This is the Lord's declaration. For he has preached rebellion against the Lord. That's chapter 29. Next segment of the story is back in chapter 24. After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had deported Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, the officials of Judah and the craftsmen and metalsmiths from Jerusalem, and had them brought to Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket contained very good figs, like early figs, and the other contained very bad figs, so bad they were inedible. And the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I said, figs, the good figs are very good, and the bad figs are extremely bad, so bad they are inedible. The word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Like these good figs, so I regard as good the exiles from Judah I sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. I will keep my eyes on them for their good and will return them to this land. I will build them up and not demolish them. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me with all their heart. But as for the bad figs, so bad they are inedible. This is what the Lord says. In this way, I will deal with King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials and the remnant of Jerusalem, those remaining in this land or living in the land of Egypt, I will make them an object of horror and a disaster to all the kingdoms of the earth, an example of disgrace, scorn, ridicule, and cursing wherever I have banished them. I will send sword, famine, plague against them until they have perished from the land that I gave to them and their ancestors. And that is Jeremiah 29 and 24. My friends, what is God's heart? God's heart has always been, it's been, it's throughout the whole Bible. God's heart is for every single image bearer. But what is expected of us, right? Going all the way back to the beginning, we are here to bring him glory. And of course, we need God's help 
Jesus' help, the Holy Spirit's help to do that. Right? The In the immediate prophecy, the Lord would care for those exiles and eventually restore them to their land. But there is kind of a double fulfillment image there when the image of returning to your promised land and and being the beneficiary of the work of your own hands and not being taxed and attacked and and that into oblivion that my friends is what god wants for us which will be interesting as we wrap up our sixth trip through the new testament in the book of revelation spoiler alert jesus wins our wisdom segment today also comes from the book of Proverbs today, like uh, like yesterday. Proverbs 26, picking up in verse 1. Still in kind of a section about um, interpersonal relations, if not dealing with difficult people. Like snow in summer and rain at harvest, honor is inappropriate for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow or a fluttering swallow, an undeserved curse goes nowhere. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. You know what, I'm just going to pause right there. Those two Proverbs, that's 26, 4, and 5, they appear to be saying exactly the opposite thing. Remember, Proverbs aren't, generally speaking, like eternal truths. Remember Ecclesiastes saying there's a time for everything. I'm going to read those again. Remember, there is a time to... Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. The one who sends a message by a fool's hand cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like lame legs that hang limp. Giving honor to a fool is like binding a stone in a sling. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like a stick with thorns, brandished by the hand of a drunkard. The one who hires a fool or who hires those passing by is like an archer who wounds everyone indiscriminately. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. Do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Ah, Lord God, we know that it is not wrong. Let me just close in prayer. Lord, I pray for each person here and just pray that together we can come to you. Lord, I know that it is not wrong for us to notice all of the mess in the world. And I, too, am concerned about living in a place that has a government 
that lies and manipulates and exercises evil power like I've never seen in my lifetime. And Lord, I know someone listening to this isn't in the United States and, and they've been dealing with it in their own way as well. But Lord, you want us to pray for the well-being of the city where we've been placed. Pray for our government. Lord, thank you for the reminder that your heart is for the flourishing of all your image bearers and that you desire that none would be lost. Lord, we recognize the government may be a vehicle or a source of the problem, Lord, but we recognize first and foremost that they are puppets in the hand of an evil one. And Lord, we pray against Satan and his minions. And Lord, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will reside in each and every person here today anew, afresh, with fresh words, fresh energy, fresh voice. And Lord, with the wisdom to know when and when not to answer fools. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.